All right, time to catch up with our reporter and biologist, Terry Flanagan. Now, Terry, when I heard your report this week, it was about banks. I thought it was about Banksy, but apparently not. It's about banks for seeds. Not the type of bank you find on the main street, is it? Uh, Not quite, Derek. This is a bank where seeds are deposited. And it's not in the main street, but it's in Glasnevin in the National Botanic Gardens. Now, every bank, Terence, has a bank manager. Who is the manager of this particular seed bank? Well, the man in charge here is Dr Colin Kelleher and he hopes to be working on this for the next 10 years or so. And in terms of the number of seeds, what are we talking about? You won't believe me, but by my reckon, there's going to be at least 80 million seeds. That's a huge number of seeds, isn't it? 80 million seeds? We don't have that many plant species on the island. No, we've about 1,200 plant species, but what they're hoping to do is to take samples with up to 10,000 seeds per sample. So when you do the maths, it works out at about 80 million seeds. And what's the purpose of this, Terry? To conserve these seeds in case there's a catastrophe somewhere along the lines. Imagine there was an earthquake or a volcano or something like that, and all the plant species from a particular area were lost. Well, then we would have a reserve for them and we could use these. Fantastic idea. How do they store them? Well, that's what the report's all about, Derek. So you're going to have to listen. Can't wait. Here we are. So this is Terry Flanagan at the National Botanic Gardens speaking with Dr. Colin Callagher, who's in charge of this National Seed Bank project. Here we go. I've been in this room before with Matthew. This is where you store lots and lots of your plants. They're all dead, of course. Exactly. This is the herbarium. So this is the National Herbarium. We have about 600,000 dried specimens in here. And what I'm looking at here now is a table, a very large table. And it's full of seeds. I've never seen so many seeds in my life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I suppose there are loads in even the small amounts, uh, small packets, you can have thousands of seed. Now, these seeds here, they're not the normal seeds I was expecting to see, I'll be honest. First thing I thought I'd see would be conkers or maybe acorns. I don't see any acorns or conkers. In fact, all of the seeds are very, very small. Yeah, so in terms of conkers and acorns, They would be one of the species that we don't put into the seed bank. And there's a reason for that, because basically they can't survive the freezing process. So they would basically crack open and just not be viable. So the seeds that you're seeing, like you're saying, are these nice small seeds. Uh, Some of them be a little bit bigger, uh, like the yellow rattle be a little bit bigger. But they would be seeds that can be dried down and frozen. Now, yellow rattle is a plant that a lot of people might not know of. It's a beautiful plant, often grown in meadows. Tell us a little bit about it. It's a semi-parasitic plant. So what it does is it actually puts out these little sort of roots that go into the roots of grasses and they extract nutrients essentially from the grasses. So they're great. Why people are using them a lot now is uh, they're great for basically keeping grasses back in a meadow so that you have more broadleaf herbs really rather than the grasses. Now, this is a, I'm going to call it a dirty sample because I can see lots of bits of soil and chaff and everything on it. What are you going to do with this? So what we do with that then is we clean it up. We put it into a, a mini treasure in a way. Mm, so I see you have it here. Yeah, so it's actually uh, modified. There's, uh, I've got great advice from the guys in Back Weston, uh, the Department of Agriculture. They have a, a crop wild relative seed bank. So we, we learned a lot from them uh, to begin with. And they have this little um, it's like treasure. Little, it's like a little whisk, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It, it is. Plastic it's, container. it's modified whisk, yeah. Mm. And so then we will take the seed 
and or and, and as you say all the sort of chaff and all the the rubbish as it were put it into that and then we will whisk this and that will separate out all the chaff so you you go through a few times to separate it out and then we will just take out the seed and you'll see that basically you can see it's already separated yeah, out so yeah. the chaff is separated and even I'm, I'm, I'm not going to blow it now but if you blow on it you will see the chaff rising. so yeah. you can you can use air a lot of air to just blow and get rid of the chaff and leave the seed the seed will be that much heavier you know and it's very dry absolutely yeah mm. yeah so so as soon as the seed comes in we dry it so we will put it into uh, at the moment we're using silica gel so it's like the beads that you have in uh, electrical equipment and we'll dry it down to about 15 degrees relative humidity it's really really dry apart from the actual seeds are you storing anything else i'm thinking of say bulbs as in daffodil bulbs or corms or rhizomes things like that uh, not yet but we do intend to have an uh, what's called an in vitro collection and that would be for things like oak or hazelnuts so things that cannot be frozen but no to begin with we're focusing on the seeds that's our our main target so what you're doing is you're leading this project here this project is it's the setting up of a national seed bank and it's the first time i think it's ever been done in ireland is it there would be other seed banks so the there's a threatened seed bank in trinity college Mm -hmm. and there's a seed bank of crop relatives in the department of ag there's also the irish seed savers exactly exactly and so what they do though is the the one in trinity is threatened species the one in Back Weston would be for relatives of crops, and the one obviously in the seed savers is for heritage crops. So this is for everything. Now, the, probably the most famous seed bank is in Svalbard. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Exactly. I've always had difficulty pronouncing that word, but it's up in Norway, and that has huge numbers of seeds, but they're mostly from crops. Exactly, they are. So, in fact, some of the uh, material from back Western would have gone up to Svalbard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people have branded it the Doomsday Vault. It's essentially a store of crop genetic diversity. So all these uh, species are put in there and held on storage. The idea is that they're not to be gone back to. So they're, they're not going to go at them ever. Now, there have been a few exceptions where they've gone, gone and sort of taken seed out of them. But the general idea is, no, you put it in there and leave it there for, you know, it, 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 I think they even Until have... Until it's ever needed. Exactly. Now, what you said earlier on is that you're collecting seed from all plants. What if I was to say, are you collecting the seeds of weeds? Well, we love weeds, <laughs> so of course we're collecting weeds. Uh, yeah, definitely. Now, I'm looking at all these saps here. They're all bagged, and they're coming from different parts of the country. That particular one is coming from, from Waterford. I see others coming from Kilkenny. I see others coming from this one from... From Wicklow. From yeah. Wicklow, yeah, yeah, as well. So you've got various samples. How many do you hope to get in total? In total, we're talking about, uh, I'm, I'm rounding it up to about 8,000 collect- collections. And how many seeds from each species? Ideally, you collect about 10,000 per species. Wow, so you're it's talking about millions and millions yeah. of seeds. Yeah. It, it, and, and what's going to happen with them then? Once you have them cleaned, just like what you've done here now. So a key thing as well, after we, we clean it and we, we're processing it, is we test its germination. So you see here, I have, so it's like, um, like a fan in a way. You, right. You've got a, a sort of a, a fan of paper 
and basically it's uh, I've sort of added water just for moisture and we put the seeds in the little uh, troughs yeah, of the fan slots, yeah. yeah and so then we're we're testing its germination so you basically put in about say 10 seeds from each sample from each sample yeah and I can see it. some of them there exactly. this looks like a grass or something exactly it's, it is it's actually rye right. yeah yeah so you have them cleaned yeah. and you know then that they're they're fertile yeah and you're going to save them for first of all how long do you intend to save them here for forever Forever, essentially like, yeah. uh, but, but how long would they be viable for that we don't know for sure but we will be testing every 10 years so you would go in and test and this is a standard practice how so we ch- check the germination also oh, yeah, you yeah. take a small number again exactly. to see if they're still germinating exactly yeah yeah so we'll test germination rates after the 10 years and so that'll be a continual process as we collect more seed as well the same so we'll have a cycle of testing when I watch television and I'm looking at programs like the Australian Border Guards and all that, the one thing they talk about is biosecurity mm-hmm. and bringing in plants and bringing in seed from one country to another. Is there a worry that there will be a, a spread of these plants from one country to another and will it cause damage? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We already have plenty of uh, invasive species. A classic example of biosecurity or potentially lack of it, was the ash dieback. Mm. So that is plants coming into Ireland and bringing in a disease and wiping out our ash population. And how can you make sure that that won't happen here in the Botanic Gardens? In terms of the seed bank, uh, what we're doing is we're drying everything down. So once you dry it down to that 15 degrees, very few things will survive it. And if we do have issues with fungal pests or something, we will treat it if needs be. We're not going down that line at the beginning, but we will do it. If you have a critical species we need to save, we will use some sort of fungicide. How important is it to have a national seed bank rather than one or two around the country? Well, I would think it's important to have both. Replication is really important in seed banks. And this is as set up by the, the gold standard, which would be the Millennium Seed Bank in Kew. So they collect all wild species all across the world. And then they're encouraging partners, and we will be one of their partners, to collect in their own country as well. So we're collaborating with Trinity College and with the Seed Savers and with uh, Back Western Department of Ag to develop the, these collections. So replication is good. As I said, it's, it's good to have a duplicate if our freezers go down you know, or, or, or go up in, in temperature. That could be an issue. So we have to have backups. Now, we do have a backup in terms of we have multiple freezers, but, you know, it would be good to have a replicate elsewhere as well. This must be a very busy time of the year for you, late autumn, because that's when the seeds are about. So how are you collecting them? Are there others? Are there organisations, schools or that? Are they helping you or is it just the general public sending in seeds to you? Uh, It's not the general public at all because we want to be sure of it being collected properly and been verified and identified correctly and all. So we tend to have ourselves going out, so trained botanists. But we also have some uh, consultants who are doing this as part of their work. They'd be on site and they're willing to pay back in a way. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping to set up a network. Now, it's in its infancy at the moment, but we will set up a network of collectors. Yeah, because it seems very labour intensive having to go out to 8,000 sites and collect maybe 10,000 seeds from each. I was thinking maybe of schools, the likes of transition years. Is there a way in which they could be incorporated into helping? 
There would be if they were trained properly. We can accept seed in, but we need to be sure that it's verified correctly. You know, so that that's a really important thing that we can't just get if people were to send in a packet of seed. Do we know that it's absolutely mm-hmm. from uh, the location that they say or is it from their back garden or whatever? So we need to be a little bit careful on it. So if this yellow rattle now is, is it's ready to go into the freezer. Absolutely. So key thing then is that we have all the data of where it was collected, the date it was collected, how many plants it was collected from, the number of seeds. So we, we have weighed the seed to check uh, how many seeds it is. And then we count, we count about 50, weigh them. And then weigh the lot of it and divide it in mm-hmm. to find out Estimate, how many. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just put that in uh, into the into our um, packets, and then we seal that in an aluminium foil, and then that will go into the freezer. So when we're ready, we just when it's all sealed into the aluminium foil, in it goes to the freezer, Perfect. and that's it for a hundred years. It's labour-intensive then, and presumably it's very, very costly. So is it money well spent? It's not very costly at all. The freezers are not very costly. The the labour, yes, would be, but that's where, as a national entity, and OPW as a national entity is taking this on, it committed in 2019 to set up the seed bank in the Botanic Gardens. So we're putting resources of people into it. So it would be labour-intensive for sure, but in terms of consumable costs, it's not very expensive at all. So what you have here in the Botanic Gardens is really a Noah's Ark for plants. Most people, when they come to the gardens, they want to see the flowers outside. They want to see the trees. They want to smell those beautiful plants as well. But what you have in here is a collection really for the future. Exactly, it is. And the, the key thing about this is that it's viable seed for the future. It might look dead. You know, you're looking at these seeds and they are dormant. But it is a viable sort of collection. So basically, we can restore these species uh, in future if it came to that, or it, or even not ju- not just restoring, but just growing them for educational purposes or for our displays here. So in ten years' time, twenty years, thirty years' time, these freezers behind me, they'll still be working away, and they'll still have their seeds. Absolutely, they will, and we will. I would think by 10 years' time, we should have most of the seed collected for the, the um, just about 1,200 native species. And another thing then that we're moving on to after the seed would be bryophytes, so mosses and liverworts. They're going to be a little bit more tricky, and it's not a seed bank. They don't have seeds, but that would be the next step. Once we have the seeds collected We'll be moving on to more difficult things, really. Then you'll have your ferns, your theridophytes, yeah. you'll have your lichen. So yeah. you'll be at this for a long time. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of collecting, but I see it as fairly feasible. But yes, the rest of it will take many, many more years. How long do you think these seeds will last for? Because you dry them down and then freeze them, we should get 100 years out of them. That's the target, but sure, nobody has tested that yet. But there have been seeds discovered in glaciers mm. that have... Uh, and you also know, a couple of the old tombs. Exactly. And so the key, again, if you think of those, these exceptional occurrences, they tend to be in extremes. So basically in frozen states, and it would be dry frozen, not wet frozen. And then in, uh, as you say, in the tombs, that'll be very dry. So... Basically, you have a dormancy, an enforced dormancy of the seed. 
and then it can release that dormancy if it's given the right conditions and potentially produce a full plant. So in theory, you could actually keep seeds here for hundreds, if not a thousand years. That would be the goal or the plan to begin with. But who knows, in 20 years time, there may be new technologies that we don't need freezers or we, you know, we send them. I don't know what we'll be doing with them. But yes, in our time frame now, yes, we'd be thinking about 100 years to hold these seeds. Thank you, Colin and Terry. Go to the website if you want more details, rte.ie forward slash Mooney.